Welcome to FFB Business Talk. My name is Lynette Sanduli and I look forward to spending time with you to help us all navigate into the new normal. Who knew that there was an intersection between media, technology, as well as agriculture? Thankfully, today in studio, I am joined by Iva Price as well as Corbus Lawrence from Food from Zanzi who represent the changing face of South African agriculture. Thanks for having us, Lynette. Great to be here. Thank you. Tell me the story behind Food from Zanzi. So we always tell the story that at the time when we started Food from Zanzi, I was presenting a television show in which I traveled more than 100,000 kilometers throughout the country to tell the exceptional stories of exceptional South African farmers yeah, um, around that time, we started talking about something that struck us was what he found there, you know, speaking to these guys was so different to, you know, what we as kind of city people um, were seeing in the media. And also, um, you know, I think what I was expecting going to meet a 50-year, 50-something, 60-something-year-old um, farmers in their khaki clothes and so on. And I think he was a bit, you know, kind of hesitant for this whole experience. And then um, also what we noticed was just the only stuff we were seeing about agriculture was really the most horrible uh, abuses and things. As media professionals, both Quibus and I, we realized that this wasn't the true story or the only story of, of agriculture. We were experiencing amazing things. Farmers literally keeping rural towns um, alive. I visited hospitals, hospices, schools, built um, and and paid for by, by farmers. I went to some of the most remote areas of this country where the only clinics, public clinics available uh, are being kept alive by our farmers, you know. So we just wanted to create a platform that, that could um, kind of challenge some of the Twitter storm that was out there. And, and present the new face of South African agriculture that very few people know about, including ourselves at the time. A media company, particularly from a South African perspective, has definitely in the last two to three years changed, particularly as we've navigated through 2020. We've seen a lot of your counterparts, particularly in the print media world, collapse. Tell us a little bit about your story now about entering, you know, the world of the media sector. I think initially we didn't even realize the niche that we were were tapping into that much. But it turns out there are many unrepresented and underrepresented people out there in agri and many people in like normal consumers who are interested in where their food comes from. So I think we were partly surprised about, um, you know, this audience that we that we found and um, we've been serving them ever since. And I think the the, the better you serve them um, as a media business, uh, the, better you, the better you do. The other old players in agri-media are both older than a century. Um, if you ask a typical South African to close their eyes for a moment and to imagine a South African farmer, I can promise you that most of them will say, a white Afrikaans male in, in, in two-tone, probably in the 60s, when it's quite the opposite. Government statistics and the stats provided by commodity organizations 
clearly show that there are about 40,000 commercial farmers left in this country, most of them white and, and not just male. But on the other hand, there are more than 2 million smaller scale farmers, subsistence farmers, many of them women around. So for a long time, South Africans, just because of our history and I think um, because of how media portrayed it as well, had a very one-sided perspective of what agriculture is in South Africa. And I think part of the success of Food for Mzansi as a media brand in a difficult time for, for media is that people are starting to see themselves for the very first time. I mean, Gwibis and I are shocked and surprised to use a Ramaphosa term there, to find black farmers who've been doing this for decades. I mean, many of the farmers we feature Quibbers are second generation, third generation. Um, some of them have also been doing it for 100 years. What's also part of the dynamic is that actually businesses and the, the commercial sector in Agri was also ready to, to kind of embrace this new vision of what the sector can be and what the sector is. Instead of just the the old divides between a very well-developed commercial sector and then all the rest that is kind of, um, you know, not important and not maybe economically valuable, that is definitely also fast changing. So when I'm reading up your statistics, you know, around who your typical audience member is, you have more women. You're pointing out to us as well that, you know, you're finding second generation black farmers who are also now able to tell their stories. And I think perhaps the most interesting part of what you've done as Food from Zanti is captured the youth audience and markets. Tell us a little bit about some of the initiatives that you drive around getting young people talking about food security, talking about sustainability, talking about the opportunity that also exists in agriculture itself, but also in agri-processing and some of the products that we ultimately see um, on our table Food from Zanzi definitely considers itself more of a movement than a media brand. I think that's one of the biggest differences um, if you should compare us to other digital media brands um, out there. And yeah, almost Universe said it best. We're taking up space in in a sector that was closed off for for a long time, at least a hundred years. But so are the farmers and the agripreneurs who we feature um, on our platforms, on our website, social media platforms. They are taking up space in agriculture along with with food for Mzansi. Agriculture has become a very very successful, exciting career and study option for for many young men and women out there. Definitely a big emphasis by government and commodity organizations promoting agriculture. In fact, government tells us that um, in our national development plan that the agricultural sector should provide at least a million more jobs by 2030, 10 years from now. So agriculture is actually trending and the face of agriculture is trending. It's much more sexy than than what we grew up. I don't know how you see it, Quibbers. Yeah, I think it's maybe driven partly by the, you know, environmental concerns. And, um, you know, we I think we're all a bit, maybe especially after COVID-19 lockdowns and so on, we're all very aware of where our food um, comes from. So in, in agriculture, we're finding a lot of younger farmers, second generation um, farmers, but then also um, professionals in, in the different scientific careers who really, um, you know, they're finding a diversity of, of um, opportunities in the sector. 
and really finding places to to kind of, like Iva says, um, take up space. In taking up space, let's talk about what you guys have done. Your site's 14 million impressions and this really committed audience that follows you every month. Just under half a million, I think, people who follow you. You've created opportunities for university students. I want to talk about how you guys have now created a presence for yourself, not just um, in South Africa, but now globally. We were announced as Africa's best digital news startup competing with literally some of the biggest, oldest brands in this country and, and in the African content. I mean, in one of the categories, we came up against the BBC. I mean, who are we, Quibus and Ivor? Propaneers, um, shaking shaking things up. And more recently, we've been handpicked by Google um, as part of their Google News initiative. It shows you that, one, there's an honesty to the brand, I hope, that people can resonate with throughout the world, but also... There's a lot of opportunity. In many ways, digital media has been a great equalizer. It took away the power um, that was traditionally held by big corporates. And Quibus and I both come from corporates, and we've had amazing and horrible times there, like like most South Africans in, in corporate world. But all of a sudden, the power belongs to, to ordinary people, of people who are seeing themselves represented in media for, for the very first time. And I think some of our projects are testimony to that. Um, Ivor, you just touched obviously on just some of your projects and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. You know, we started off as a social enterprise, so that's very much in our in our DNA. So we feel a, a sense of mission, you know, sharing the story of the sector and also to um, a lot of our focus is on younger people and, and getting people into the in, into the sector. That is such a crucial sector for South Africa. A very exciting project we're doing at the moment is a partnership with with AgriCita, um, which is the AgriCita Learner Connect um, series. And the idea is to showcase the diversity of careers in agriculture. So every day we do a, a radio episode that goes out on 19 community radio stations. It's also turned into a short podcast episode. It lives on our website as a story with additional info. And then it goes out on all our social media platforms. And we've done a, an amazing diversity of um, careers, all, all featuring interviews with real people doing those um, jobs, you know, to try and like widen the horizons of um, high school kids who now have to uh, decide on, on kind of where they where they stake their, their future. My favorite at the moment that we're rolling out, you know, constantly moving between the digital world and the real life, the offline world, is our Sinhalese citizen um, journalism project that we're rolling out in partnership with the Google News Initiative. And it started earlier this year in Mkubiso. Um, it's a rural village in, in the Eastern Cape where we had our first training session. And this happens to be um, something that's very close to my my heart and Quibus's heart. Um, I I was, I guess, in many ways discovered as a as a kid myself with journalistic potential um, when I was when I was at high school. And then we went into this rural village, and you know what, Lynette? Many of the young people there tell us they've never physically touched a newspaper. It's something um, they've seen on television. In 2020. In 2020, because no often. Way. Often as media professionals, we make the mistake of thinking that, you know, the newspaper is holy. It's not. Most of Africans live too far 
off the grid for a newspaper truck to to even reach. So so they are mobile first, and for the first time, discovering their power in in media through through digital media. So Sinhaliseware um, basically means um, we have a voice. We're showing people throughout the country now to to take up space and to use media to their advantage, whether they are browsing or accessing food from Zansi. That would be great, but ultimately, if we can just show people, ordinary people, to tell their own stories using the media in their own hands, that would be a win for us. You know, one of the items that I saw when I was just doing some of my research about what you guys do is some of your citizen journalists, and I'll call them that, are in their 60s. And I can't imagine how incredible that is for somebody who, at retirement age, for the very first time, finds their voice, but also now has a tool to tell stories. Exactly. Um, um, one of one of our citizen journalists, we have 62 represented in all nine provinces, is a 14-year-old boy um, from a rural village in, in the Eastern Cape. We have a policeman on board, a teacher, a retired school principal, small-scale farmers, many of them unemployed graduates, people with master's degrees, that have just been forgotten by by South Africa. You know, they, they're not finding unemployment. They're back in their, their rural homes, many of them. And now all of a sudden we show them that they have a voice. You know, while you wait for for the dough to come in for that big break, you can create opportunities by using your, your devices in, in your own hands. It was a really um, rewarding experience. Of course, since we were planning to do three of these sessions, but we've since COVID has made us rethink this thing. We had to do it really quickly. So we're moving the entire project online now, which actually had the, um, the benefit of us not just going to three specific places and recruiting there. We, you know, we've actually got people from all nine provinces now. But like you say, just the, the um, diversity of ages and backgrounds of the people that we found were interesting in, in learning how to tell their own stories. It was quite amazing. And, the, of course, the added benefit for a brand, a media brand in South Africa today, and we all know media is cut to the bone. I mean, magazines and newspapers closing as we close and open our eyes, is that all of a sudden we have representatives in training, future citizen journalists throughout the country, telling stories from these off-the-map areas that are underserved by, by mainstream media, and in the process, establishing a network of correspondence and sources for food from Zansi in remote rural areas of, of the country. That's just incredible. Um, you know, you guys are really bringing a new dimension to the saying, you know, um, it's if it's going to be about us, then it must also be for us. These new media houses, much like your own, are going to become the new format that you and I are going to consume what's happening around us. What would be the thing that you would ask the new entrants um, into your space to really focus on? The opportunity for new media lies in diversity. The fact that there are so many unrepresented niches out there. And if you're able to find one that has also got the commercial potential to back you, and you can create a brand that is true, um, you know, that that acts as it as it talks, then there's opportunity for you. But in many ways, it's a great time to be a media consumer, even as some of the traditional um, 
institutions and titles fall because there is increasingly, um, you know, much more of a diversity and a representation out there. Of course, you know, quality, you have to kind of, uh, you know, keep your your wits about you judging what is, um, you know, what is reliable and, and what is less so. But I think there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of people who are still looking for representation. I think Quivis and I are too early in the game to, to give advice to, to other media players. But what works for us is to establish a brand where media can reshape people's consciousness. It's easy to make a couple of bucks, but what is it? What does it mean? Um, what does it mean for your own longevity? And what's the impact it will make in a broken, beautiful country such as South Africa? So I think media needs to stand for something. There's got to be clearly defined values that that you stand for. And it's got to contribute to building this young democracy called, called South Africa. Because for a long time, I think media has been complicit um, in in some of the failures of this country, even even in our modern days, I mean, for a long time we held the control as media professionals, and and we no longer have the control. We have to work with society to to build something something be- bigger, a greater discourse. But ultimately, media media needs to contribute to I think um, our intellectual culture shaping us as a as a society showing us that that we are better that we can be better that it is possible uh, and that can only work if people start seeing themselves represented in in media thank you for joining us on fnb business talks if you're enjoying our interviews please subscribe to our channel FNB is a division of First Rand Bank Limited, an authorized financial services and credit provider. C's and C's apply.